one constant through all the years, Ray, has been beyond the game. Beyond the game. Beyond the game. Oh, I heard that so much. The most well-known, the best looking, the best dressed. Our formula is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth. You like that? You like that? That's the dumbest thing I could think of. You guys are so young and stupid. No idea who you're talking about. Quiet, numbskulls. I'm broadcasting. That is a career ender. Just like this show. Please clap. You're already famous in Rochester, the Watch Out World. We would be honored if you would join us. Happy April to you and welcome to another broadcast of the Beyond the Game program. Beyond the Game is brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions, townandcountrysolutions.com. Or you can pick up the phone and give them a call, 585-426-5024. That's 585-426-5024. Town & Country Pest Solutions, fearing nothing but God. Rick Benson flying solo as those guys are off. In fact, this will be sort of a highlights show which we'll walk through together. We're recording this program a little early as I prepare to leave for a missions trip to the Dominican Republic. And by the way, I'd certainly appreciate your prayers, not only for the safety of the team and myself, but that that God would magnify his name, that he would accomplish his will through each one of us on the trip in the week ahead. Check out our website, btgprogram.com. Learn more about the show. Find archives, past interviews, segments, broadcasts. By the way, a significant portion of our airtime and production costs for Beyond the Game is paid for by financial support of listeners. You can support the program by purchasing a BTG t-shirt, coffee mug, or maybe even becoming a financial contributor yourself. We paid for it, so you might as well go take a look at it. We'd appreciate it. BTGprogram.com. And if you're a tweeter, you can follow us on Twitter or many other social media platforms at BTG Program. As you can tell, I still have the remnants of a bit of a cold, so once again, I apologize for my voice, the smooth, deep tones, and general awesomeness. My voice does this every time I get a cold. Our condolences to the family of actor Ken Howard, who passed away a little over a week ago, five days before his 72nd birthday. Howard played coach Ken Reeves on the classic TV show The White Shadow. Ran three or four years, I suppose, the late 70s, early 80s. Howard played former NBA player who takes a job coaching a high school in South Central L.A., very popular show, The White Shadow, is often overlooked as people look back on it. I don't think it ever really was ever really regarded as highly as maybe it should, despite being one of the most popular shows of the time and one of the most longest-running shows that featured a cast consisted mostly of black actors. Urban legend has it that the show's title, The White Shadow, actually came from a nickname that Ken Howard had at his high school where he was the only white player on the basketball team. This was one of the shows created by Bruce Paltrow, father of Gwyneth. The White Shadow was a terrific show and one more reason why my life is better than those guys because I got to see it and they probably won't even know what I'm talking about. Also, Joe Garagiola passed away as well. Garagiola was a remarkable talent. Good enough to make Major League Baseball, though he was never really a great player. He played nine seasons, but... It was his wit and his personality led him into a Hall of Fame career as a broadcaster. The thing about Garagiola was that he was a baseball guy, but he also filled in for Johnny Carson on The Tonight Show and two different stints on The Today Show. Garagiola was a likable guy. It just transcended beyond sports, much the way Michael Strahan does. 
Remember Joe doing baseball's Game of the Week, which is the theme you hear in the background? He started out as an analyst, but became a play-by-play guy and was humble enough that when NBC decided to team him with the, the great Vin Scully, Gargiola said that for Scully, he would return to do the color commentating and let Scully do the play-by-play. Again, maybe this is urban legend, but legend has it that Garagiola was so loved, so revered, that in the early 70s, when George McGovern was running for president against Richard Nixon, he had chosen Thomas Eagleton as his running mate, a choice that would ultimately end up costing him. But when Eagleton was announced, he said he would not be answering any questions at the time. But as he made his way off the stage, it said that he saw Joe Garagiola there and turned around and said that he would indeed answer any questions if Joe had any. He was just this revered guy, especially they're both uh, they're both Midwest guys, St. Louis guys. Longtime NBA sports producer Mike Weissman said that no matter what town Garagiola found himself in, regardless of what hour he'd gotten in after a broadcast or what hour he had to report somewhere for the next broadcast, Garagiola's faith was so important to him that he always found a church to go to on Sunday morning. Garagiola, by the way, grew up on the same street as Yogi Berra. In fact, the St. Louis Cardinals picked Garagiola, I should say, over Yogi Berra, which always frosted Yogi, but legend has it, and I don't know if this is true either, Branch Rickey at the time was with the Cardinals, was going to be leaving them for the Dodgers, and intentionally picked Garagiola, leaving Berra available with the hopes that he would then get him for the Dodgers, but the Yankees scooped in and got him. Coming up today on Beyond the Game, we're going to walk through this highlight show together, as I said. We'll play some shenanigans with some of the topics we've discussed over the last few weeks. Michael Sam is in the news again, as reports are that the St. Louis Rams had a deal with the NFL that if they drafted Sam, they could avoid being part of HBO's Hard Knocks stories. Now, Michael Sam has come out and said that he should have made the team in 2014 and We did a segment on this back in October, I think it was, and I'm going to replay, and I had an issue with it then. The fact that you didn't make the team, stop blaming other people. You didn't make the team, man. If you should have made the team, if you should have been playing in the NFL, somebody else would have picked you up. But you tried with the Dallas Cowboys, and that didn't work out. You had an opportunity with Montreal up in the CFL, and that didn't work. At some point, You need to look inside and say it's me, that it's not everybody else. We'll replay that segment from October. Obviously, head injuries are still in the news with the NFL and continue to be in the news. I've got some thoughts coming up on that. Plus, I'm going to replay an interview with Paul Waller. Paul is with the Christian Sports Medicine Alliance, and he has some interesting thoughts. That's all coming up today on Beyond the Game, brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions. Title sponsor of Beyond the Game is Town & Country Pest Solutions. Town & Country has been in business for nearly three successful decades. They know how to get the job done. Covering Rochester, Syracuse, Buffalo, Albany, Watertown. Well, just about any place that you can pick up this radio station is a place Town & Country Pest Solutions takes on pests and critters of all kinds. Town & Country technicians are friendly, professional, and most important, knowledgeable. Have a bed bug problem or just want to check and make sure that you don't? Call Town & Country. Bees, wasps, roaches, ants, bats, mice, you name it. Call Town & Country. Even raccoons and larger animals. Call Town & Country Pest Solutions today at 585-426-4000. 
585-426-5024. That's 585-426-5024. And let their team of professionals handle whatever pest problem you may have. Call Town & Country Pest Solutions at 585-426-5024 or visit them online at townandcountrysolutions.com. Town & Country Pest Solutions. They fear nothing but God. Grace and Truth Youth Baseball is registering for its 2016 season. G&T has divisions to accommodate boys and girls ranging from ages 5 to 15 years of age. Games are played Saturday mornings beginning May 7th and continuing through June 25th. Some age groups will have a weeknight practice time as well. All games are played at the beautiful G&T Sports Park in Hilton. The baseball programs offered through G&T Athletics teach baseball in a fun, family-centered environment that is sure to provide your family with many fond memories. For more information or to register, visit gntathletics.info. That's gntathletics.info. Welcome back to Beyond the Game, btgprogram.com or at btgprogram. Beyond the Game is brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions. Over the last few years, there have been a lot of shots taken at the NFL and football in particular. Some of them fair, some of them maybe not. Then there's no doubt that football is a dangerous sport. It's certainly not the only dangerous sport. I can understand those who love the game wanting to defend it. And they're right, if it's taught properly, if it's played properly, the risks are greatly reduced. Much like anything, good education, good training, good supervision, good support will reduce the risk of injury. But there's a point where one's desire to defend the sport they love stretches into the absurd. You know the type, right? Someone will argue their position, they'll make a few good points, they apply some reasonable thoughts, and what they say makes some sense to one degree or another. But somewhere along the line, something changes, and perhaps they fear giving up some ground in the debate. Maybe they don't buy into their position quite as much as they think that they do. So rather than acknowledge anything which opposes their view, they take their own position to ridiculous levels. Listen, man, the boat has a giant hole in the bottom. Water's pouring in. It's only a matter of time before it sinks to the bottom. I know you believe it's a good day to go fishing, but it might be a good time to stop denying that the boat is no longer seaworthy. Yet there's those people who will be underwater and still trying to convince you that it's all good. Well, a certain amount of water is always going to get in the boat. Dallas Cowboys owner Jerry Jones, when discussing the relationship between head injuries, specifically CTE, and playing football, told the Washington Post, no, that's absurd. Taking it a step further, he said there's no way you could comment that there's any association. I'm not a doctor, but just how much data do you need? According to a team of researchers from the Department of Veterans Affairs and Boston University, total of 87 out of 91 former NFL players who were tested showed signs of CTE. It was found in 96% of all NFL players they've tested, and 79% of all football players who were tested overall. CTE was found in the brain tissue of 131 out of 165 individuals who had played football prior to their deaths, either professionally, semi-professionally, high school, college. 131 out of 165. I think there's plenty of data. I'm not saying to immediately ban football, but for crying out loud, don't ignore it. 
Don't just kick the can further down the road. And, and while you try to figure this thing out, we need to be as careful as possible with those who are playing. Apply some urgency to the situation. Look at new technology. Look at rule changes. Look at whatever's necessary to protect those players. Train coaches. Equip trainers. Have medical attention ready available. Of course, there's still risk. There's always going to be some risk, but we should always be striving to minimize those risks, especially with youth. Look, adult players know the risks. Sadly, the reality is many of them make the decision to ignore those risks. We see players that have tried to hide an injury in an effort to get back on the field. Regardless of what you're doing for a living, it's a good idea to take a step back from time to time and evaluate what you're doing. Is it effective? Can it be done better? Could it be done safer? For whatever reason, Jerry Jones is denying there's a hole in the boat. I'm not saying don't go fishing. I'm saying take a moment and fix the stupid boat. And then recently, Arizona Cardinals head coach Bruce Arians was even more ridiculous. It's the greatest game in the world. I think it teaches more values than any other game that you play. Um, toughness, uh, get up and fight. More values than any other sport? Look, I love sports. I think there are great lessons in playing sports of any kind. I'm not going to pick a fight with Arians because he thinks football teaches more of them than any other sports do, but I don't agree with that. He's a football guy. I would expect him to say such a thing, but I disagree. My issue, though, with what he says is with the toughness, the get-up-and-fight. You know, you can learn such lessons in badminton. It doesn't have to be football. His words sound too much like the macho, you-ain't-a-man-if-you-don't-fight rhetoric. I don't know that's what he was saying, so I'm going to leave it right there, but it did raise a little flag in my mind. There are more concussions in child, women, girls soccer than in football at that age. The number two sport with concussions is women's soccer. Uh, but no one says, we've got to stop playing soccer. Comparing football with women's soccer? Yes, I agree. There are also elements in soccer that, if not taught properly, can be very dangerous. Certainly, heads colliding together can be very dangerous. But did you really just say that? You're comparing football to soccer? Look at the eye test. No reasonable person is going to think that soccer is the same thing as football. Yes, there are dangers. There's dangers in every sport. He doesn't sound convinced of what he's saying. He doesn't even sound coherent. By the way, he suggests that no one says we got to stop playing soccer. Yeah, there are actually some people who have made that decision for their family. You know what youth leagues got to stop doing? They got to stop just propping up good babysitters, good supervisors, because they need to find people to cover teams. They sign up as many people as they can, and then they go looking for bodies to fill in as a coach. It's backwards, and it's a dangerous proposition. Young people need good, quality coaches, and frankly, there's a lack. I mean, you can find all the statistics you want if you want to crucify something. Our game is great. Uh, people that say, I won't let my son play it are fools. Because there are DNA tests now. I could give your kid and tell you the chances of your child having a concussion or should they play a contact sport of any kind. So it's only 400 bucks. Go get one. There's the kicker for me. There's where I lost respect for Bruce Arians. 
Saying that statistics don't prove anything and that people who don't let their kids play football are fools? People make decisions that are the best for them and their family, and shame on you for labeling them because they opted not to play football. There are parents who, to their credit, have identified that their child's not ready to play the game, and maybe in part because of the risks involved, and maybe in part because of the coach who may be responsible for teaching their child, but for whatever reason they made that decision doesn't necessarily make them a fool. Let me remind you, 131 out of 165 individuals who had played football prior to the deaths, either professionally, semi-professionally, high school, college, 131 out of 165 that were tested showed signs of CTE in the brain tissue. If you decide not to let your child play football, I don't think that's being foolish. In fact, maybe the other way around. My point is this. Well, one point is that Bruce Arians, to me, seems like an idiot. Seems like a bully. If you don't let your kid play football, you're a fool. Make your kid tough it out. But that's not my main point. My main point is really this. I'm not saying play football, and I'm not saying don't. Make a wise decision for your family. But for goodness sakes, make an informed decision. What kind of equipment will be used? Who's coaching? What training do they have? What continued training do they receive? What medical attention is available should it be needed? Is there a defibrillator on site? Where is it? Ignoring the problem or kicking it down the road to deal with later is irresponsible. And before we go to the break, this is a faith-based program, so I want to make this application. The same thing goes for our sin problems, our sin issues, our personal sin issues. Ignoring the problem or kicking them down the road to deal with later is irresponsible. James 4.17 says, Therefore, to him that knoweth to do good and doeth not, to him it is sin. We need to step up and address our situations. Don't you think that could be the whole thing with this Adam LaRoche situation, what that was all about? The kid being in the locker room all the time. You know, kind of irritated some folks, but they didn't say anything. Wasn't handled right away. And then the problem just sort of grew. And when it, when it was finally dealt with, now the problem had become so big that it was a bigger deal than it should have been. And we'll talk about that another time, but now is always the right time to deal with sin. Don't let a problem grow. Regularly pausing to consider your walk with God and what you need to change to improve that walk and bring yourself within the will of God, that will always lead to blessing. I'll leave you with this verse, Ephesians 5, verses 15 to 17. Look carefully, then, how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of time, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Consider how you're walking. Take time to look at your walk. Thanks for listening. Beyond the Game is brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions, townandcountrysolutions.com. We'll be back right after this. Grace and Truth Youth Baseball is registering for its 2016 season. G&T has divisions to accommodate boys and girls ranging from ages 5 to 15 years of age. Games are played Saturday mornings beginning May 7th and continuing through June 25th. Some age groups will have a weeknight practice time as well. All games are played at the beautiful G&T Sports Park in Hilton. The baseball programs offered through G&T Athletics teach baseball in a fun, 
family-centered environment that is sure to provide your family with many fond memories. For more information or to register, visit gntathletics.info. That's gntathletics.info. I've been telling you about McAfee's remodeling company on this show for a long time. They're family-owned and have been in business for nearly two decades. They're great for all your interior and exterior home remodeling needs, but they also do much more. McAfee's Remodeling is now proud to offer Hydro Garden Construction to help you become more self-sufficient by growing food in your own home year-round. And they are now proud to be offering skylights and light tunnel installation. Light tunnels bring more healthy natural light into your home, allowing you to use less artificial light and save on electricity. So give McAfee's Remodeling a call at 585-402-1070. That's 585-402-1070. Or visit them online at McAfeeRemodeling.com. Thanks for being with us on Beyond the Game on what amounts to a highlights show. Those guys are off, and I'm going to be leaving town on a missions trip, so we're in the studio recording this a little early. And once again, you can tell I'm still battling a bit of a cold, so you can hear the difference in my voice, and I apologize for that. Michael Sam's back in the news with the recent report that the NFL had a deal with the Rams that if they drafted Michael Sam, they could avoid being part of HBO's Hard Knocks series. Well, Michael Sam has is using that opportunity to remind people that he was done wrong. He believes that he should be part of that football team. He says that he's not surprised that there was a deal, that in fact he should have made that Rams team in 2014. We did a segment back in October talking about personal responsibility, and I've got nothing against Michael Sam. I've reminded listeners I was rooting for the guy to make the team. Seems like a nice young man. However, he didn't make the team. And I don't think it's because of anything else other than he doesn't have the skills necessary. So to me, it just seems like old, tired narrative to be blaming other people. You didn't make the Rams. You didn't make the Cowboys. At some point, stop blaming these teams. Stop accusing people of some sort of conspiracy against you. And accept that you just didn't make the team. There's no shame in that. I want to play for you now that segment we did back in October. The NFL draft was coming up there much speculation regarding if and where Sam would be selected, but each of us on this show were supportive of Michael Sam. Perhaps not his homosexual lifestyle, but certainly of his right to have that homosexual lifestyle without risk of abuse or ridicule and not to be denied employment as a result of his sexual preferences. Yes, we here at a faith-based radio program were supportive of Michael Sam. That being said, we also identified that any potential employer also had certain rights. They had the freedom to decide for themselves that if they wanted to pass on Michael Sam because they felt like a media frenzy would come along with it, that they had the right to make that decision. Yet we also knew that if Michael Sam had the necessary talent, a skill set which teams could not pass up, then the distractions would not matter, and he'd be playing in the NFL. But quite simply, Michael Sam does not have those talents. Every NFL team passed on him six times. Maybe there's a couple of teams in there that didn't have a pick one one round or two, but you know what I'm saying. For the most part, every NFL team every NFL team passed on him at least once. Most of them passed on him six times. 
because he did not have the skill to play in the NFL. The St. Louis Rams finally drafted him in the seventh round. They ended up cutting him because he did not have the necessary skills to play in the NFL. The Dallas Cowboys picked him up, worked him out, gave him a shot, but it didn't work out. Why? Because he did not have the necessary skills to play in the NFL. I have nothing against Michael Sam. Nobody associated with this show has anything against Michael Sam. For crying out loud, we were rooting for him to succeed because by doing so, it allowed us an opportunity to prove that we're rooting for him without regard to his homosexual lifestyle. That's the only thing we disagreed with. We believe that to be sinful, but we love the guy. We love the athlete. That's his choice. I respect his right to make that choice and live that lifestyle. And his success in the NFL would provide us an opportunity to continue that conversation. And by the way, as much as I have fun saying that Tim Tebow plays for God's team and pointing out what a winner he is and every team should pick him up, it's clear he doesn't have the necessary skill set to play in the NFL either. I'm glad both men got the chance, but ultimately both men failed. They didn't make the cut for no other reason than they did not possess NFL caliber talents. Tim Tebow's not in the NFL, not because he's a Christian, but because he's not an NFL caliber quarterback. Michael Sam is not in the NFL, not because he's a gay man, but because he does not possess NFL caliber talents. You can go back to the original broadcast for yourself. Every word that we've uttered on the air is archived on our website, btgprogram.com. We've supported Michael Sam. Even, I didn't say a thing when he quit the CFL and walked out on a Montreal team that gave him yet another opportunity to play football professionally. Sam saying at the time that he was suffering from mental health issues. But, but I cannot support Michael Sam, who up until now has handled the pressure and media focus that comes with being the only openly gay player drafted by an NFL team. I cannot support the man going on the Dan Patrick show and suggesting the ridiculous notion that he might still be playing professionally today if he hadn't announced his sexual orientation prior to the 2014 NFL draft. Sam said it probably, it probably would have been better for me if I didn't come out. I would be on a roster. That wouldn't make him any better at playing football. He also added, we came out a little too early for my taste. I wanted to come out right after I made an NFL roster. And I'm not sure what I think about that. To me, that, that seems a little bit deceitful. Maybe that's a harsh word, so let's say there's, there's less than full disclosure. I think, don't you think an employer should have that knowledge? If you're about to come out, as soon as you get on a roster and you're going to make an announcement of that, that's going to draw some attention. That's going to draw a, a media circus. Yeah. I think an, a, an employer has a right to know that. But if you want to disagree, I, I can see that side a bit as well, too. And I won't argue it. It's not really the point. My point is, had Michael Sam waited to announce to the world that he was gay, he simply would be a seventh-round draft pick who didn't make it, who's now a free agent, and that is gay. He wouldn't be on an NFL roster. Nothing would change. All that would be different is he'd be a guy that tried out, didn't make it, and came out as a gay player. 
Listen, here's the thing. Don't force other people to carry your baggage. You do it. And before you get all irate and offended, I'm not referring to his homosexuality as baggage. I'm referring to his inability to face the facts as baggage. Don't blame somebody else. Don't blame circumstances. Face the truth. You didn't make the team. That's it. And what bothers me the most about this is Michael Sam wanted to be known as a football player. He didn't want his sexuality to be an issue. Please stop making it an issue. Thank you. Bro, you say that you were surprised. Michael Sam says he was surprised that so many people in the media knew he was gay before his official coming out announcement in February of 2014. But he admits to Dan Patrick it really wasn't supposed to be public. It was supposed to be just the team, as I did at the University of Missouri. My man, what did you expect? How didn't, many p- didn't he look up Oprah to get a reality show? Like, how can you say you didn't want it to be public when you were trying to get a show about it? It just, the comments that he's been making recently seem kind of counter to what we've thought all along. How, how many players are on a football team? Man, I can tell you, if you tell three people a secret, you could be sure half the world will know it before long. So why are you surprised by that? Sam also told Patrick that he's currently pursuing a master's degree in studying sports broadcasting back at the University of Missouri should a future career on the gridiron not pan out. Listen, I get it. You're still fairly young. You keep working out. Maybe you keep improving. Maybe. Maybe you can still make it. But I wouldn't count on it. The reality is that the skills are not there. With each year that passes, it becomes more difficult and more unlikely that a team's going to take that chance. And when whatever happened up there in Canada, when you quit on a group of guys because of mental health issues, I wouldn't be expecting to call anytime soon, so keep studying. I'm disappointed in Michael Sam for no other reason than it's than it's him who's now making his sexuality an issue. It's he who's blaming others and saying that because of his sexuality, he's not on an NFL roster. And I man, you can be sure that if Michael Sam could play at an elite level that is the NFL, then Michael Sam would be on a roster. He should know that. Come on, Michael Sam, you're better than that. And one of the things that really frosts my fanny when someone will not up to their own situations, you're responsible for yourself. Expecting someone else to carry your baggage for you is insulting. The Bible speaks to personal responsibility in Ezekiel, chapter 18, verse 20. The soul who sins shall die. The son shall not suffer for the iniquity of the father, nor the father suffer for the iniquity of the son. The righteousness of the righteous shall be upon himself, and the wickedness of the wicked shall be upon himself. The point's also made in the New Testament with the law of sowing and reaping. Galatians chapter 6, verses 7 and 8. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For what so for whatever one sows, that will he also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption, but the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. Yet people try to avoid their personal responsibility, most often by shifting blame to people or circumstances around them. You can think of Adam in the garden who tried to blame Eve. Pilate tried to wash his hands of the responsibility of the crucifixion of Christ. Matthew 27, 24, he says, I'm an innocent. I'm innocent of this man's blood. Basically saying, it's your responsibility is what he was telling the people. 
but ultimately you are responsible for your own deal. Be sure that your sin will find you out, Numbers 32.23. It's that phenomena of trying to blame anyone or anything other than taking responsibility ourselves that makes salvation so difficult. Unless we come to the place where we are willing to admit our own guilt for our own sins and forgiveness, it's not possible. Each one of us has the personal responsibility to acknowledge our sinful condition and to, as Mark 1.15 says, repent and believe in the gospel. The gospel, simply enough, is the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, all of which was done for you. If only you take enough responsibility to confess your sins, ask forgiveness, and place your faith and trust that Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection was for you, and that it is sufficient for God's forgiveness of sins. We must all have enough personal responsibility to exercise a faith in Christ. Title sponsor of Beyond the Game is Town & Country Pest Solutions. Town & Country has been in business for nearly three successful decades. They know how to get the job done. Covering Rochester, Syracuse, Buffalo, Albany, Watertown, well... Just about any place that you can pick up this radio station is a place Town & Country Pest Solutions takes on pests and critters of all kinds. Town & Country technicians are friendly, professional, and most important, knowledgeable. Have a bed bug problem or just want to check and make sure that you don't? Call Town & Country. Bees, wasps, roaches, ants, bats, mice, you name it. Call Town & Country. Even raccoons and larger animals. Call Town & Country Pest Solutions today at 585 426 5024. That's 585-426-5024. And let their team of professionals handle whatever pest problem you may have. Call Town & Country Pest Solutions at 585-426-5024 or visit them online at townandcountrysolutions.com. Town & Country Pest Solutions. They fear nothing but God. You're listening to Beyond the Game, talking sports from a different point of view. Beyond the Game is listener-supported. You can help by making a one-time gift or perhaps even committing to a monthly pledge amount. And if you own a business, consider advertising during the Beyond the Game program and promote your business to large audiences of both sports fans and people of faith. Please join us as we seek to encourage, equip, and evangelize through Sports Talk Radio. Visit our website at btgprogram.com for more information or make a donation via PayPal Secure Servers. Beyond the Game thanks you for both your financial and prayerful support. Thanks for sticking with us here on Beyond the Game. Beyond the Game is brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions, townandcountrysolutions.com, fearing nothing but God. You can find us online, btgprogram.com, or social media at btgprogram. One of the most fun segments I think we do here on the program is shenanigans, an idea Zach came up with. He comes up with a list of topics, and we'll either agree or disagree but it gives us an opportunity to have some discussion, a little back and forth, and kind of cover a lot of topics in a short amount of time. So as I said, this is a highlight show. Those guys are off. I'm going to be heading out of town, so we're recording this a little early. So I want to give you a little taste of our shenanigans. Here's some of the topics that Zach has come up with over the last few weeks. All right. According to a recent report, some NHL GMs are pushing for changes to the draft lottery system. These changes would make it impossible for the same team to win the draft lottery in back-to-back years and perhaps even for three to four years after picking first overall. Truth or shenanigans? The NHL draft lottery needs to be updated. I say shenanigans. 
I don't think there's a perfect system out there because any perfect system would be dependent on the integrity of man. Man is sinful, as we all know, and there's always going to be those who look for ways to circumvent the system for their own benefit, especially when there's a large amount of money on the line. Some teams may try to lose intentionally to gain a higher draft pick. We know that. But taking away the possibility of that pick from a team who's legitimately struggling for several years in a row just seems unfair to me. You'd be further handicapping that team from improving. I say shenanigans as well. There's a certain art form to tanking. I mean, the Sabres have been doing it uh, in basketball. The Sixers and the Knicks have been doing it. And you deserve a good pick. That's why they have the lottery. It's to help struggling teams. And if you commit to tanking, then great. You get a better pick. I agree 100% actually. I hate draft lotteries. I hate the principle in general. It doesn't discourage tanking. Teams still tank. I mean, that's what it's for, right? So what's the point? The worst team should draft first and the best team should draft last. Period. End of story. MLB spring training is too long. It should be shortened by one to two weeks to allow a three-game wildcard playoff series after the season instead of the one game. What do you guys think? Shenanigans. Uh, I, I understand that fans want the season to get going, but spring training is, is, is very important for pitchers. I like the way it is now. Um, I really don't think you can change it. Maybe shorten the actual season if you want the three-game playoff, but don't mess with spring training. I agree again. Uh, players hate the length of spring training. Fans hate seeing the one-game playoff when their team's out after one game. So I think it would be a win-win if you shorten spring training to make the players happy and make a three-game wild card series to keep the fans happy. I think the way you made this statement kind of lends itself to both ways. I'm going to say I agree that it should be shortened. But to Darren's point, those people in Florida and those people in Arizona sure enjoy those games, and this mm-hmm. means a lot to the the revenue of those towns. But I, I agree. It's too long for fans. It's too long for established players. We're all ready for real baseball. By this time, we've lost interest in what's happening in Florida or Arizona. However, that kid's still trying to make a team, showcase perhaps for another team. They want those opportunities to show what they can do before the season starts. I do think that the wild card should be more than one game, but here's the problem with shortening spring training. You can't be starting the regular season in the middle of March, especially here in the north. For me, you can start later. Shorten both the preseason and the regular season, and then expand the playoffs. All right, if Mark Sanchez really is the Broncos' starting quarterback when the season starts, they'll still be just fine since Peyton Manning wasn't much better. You know, when you put it that way, I guess I agree. I doubt the Broncos are done. They missed out on Jake Plummer, as we talked about earlier. (laughs) And they might be content going into the season with Sanchez, but if they did, I think, boy, they'd still be competitive. You know, that's a good defense. They got a lot of tools there, especially since they were able to retain C.J. Anderson. Just just do enough not to cost them a game. No more butt fumbles. <laughs> <laughs> Shenanigans because Benson just said do enough to not cost them the game. I don't think Mark Sanchez can do that. It's <laughs> there, Mark there Sanchez, that. man. So shenanigans, they need a quarterback. Sanchez isn't the answer. I call shenanigans as well. Uh, I think if the quarterback change was the only major difference, they would be the favorites again. But it's not. They got raided in free agency. They've got, they lost impact players all over the roster, including on that defense. So they're a weaker team all around. At this point, I don't even know if they're better than the Raiders. The Boston Bruins announced recently that in an attempt to cut down on ticket scalping and reselling on the secondary market, season ticket holders who buy tickets for their own personal use 
will not see a price increase next year, but season ticket holders who are quote-unquote high-volume resellers will. Also, high-volume resellers outside of the New England area will have their season ticket accounts canceled. This is a better solution than what the Yankees did by refusing to accept printed home tickets altogether. This is shenanigans. I hate this. Uh, this is America. If you want to buy tickets, you can buy tickets and do whatever you want with them. I, I don't like this move at all. I don't like this trend of teams, franchises treating their fans like this. I hate this. Shenanigans. I agree, and I agree with Darren, too, that I still think the best policy is to let anyone buy a ticket and do whatever they want with it. Uh, but this seems much more fan-friendly than the Yankees' blatant uh, attempt to keep lower-class people from rubbing elbows with the corporate people in the expensive seats. Um, this seems to reward loyal fans by not raising their prices. So in that that respect, I agree with it. I say shenanigans, although I do take a somewhat different approach, Zach. The Yankees situation doesn't completely prevent me from selling my tickets to you. Uh, you just can't print them at home. I can go old school. I can ship you the tickets. Uh, with the Bruins threatening to take away season ticket licenses, I like what Darren said. You know, this is America because that's what I, I'm, in my notes here, I got, that's unfair. It's un-American. Uh, <laughs> listen, if I want to go up to New England and take in a Boston Bruins game, spend a weekend up there, maybe my team's up there, that sounds like a great weekend. Are you going to take somebody's license away for mm-hmm. a season ticket because they sold it to a fan of another team? It just... It's un-American. All right. Catchers. Major League Baseball catchers who wear goalie-style masks should be able to have them custom-painted like hockey goalies do. I agree. Do it up. Just be sure to consult Charlie O'Brien. <laughs> <laughs> you guys laughing. You know who Charlie O'Brien is? <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm glad you laughed, though. We were just we're throwing you a bone, laughing at your jokes that you want us to laugh at. Charlie O'Brien was the guy that actually brought that mask into being in baseball. He was oh, a catcher, really? played, I don't know, five or six teams. I believe he was with Toronto at the time, though he might have been with Atlanta at the time. Got hit by a couple of foul balls, and it was his idea to do the hockey-style mask. Yeah. In fact, I think he worked with a hockey equipment company out of Ontario to put that together, Charlie nice. O'Brien. So the next time that comes up in a trivia, you guys now no, know. But know. I appreciate the laughter. That was hey, good. We got you. We got you this week. <laughs> I agree with you. This is awesome. Do it. Do whatever you want. It's the one part of hockey I actually like. I look for the goalie mask, so why not extend that to catchers? I agree, too. Goalie masks are awesome, and any time a sport has the opportunity to allow a player to show some personality and have some fun, they should absolutely do it. Last but not least, the Yankees should wear their navy blue spring training jerseys and hats as Sunday matinee alternate uniforms. Yes, yes. I can't say yes strongly enough. Uh, I I love their hats this year with the the white front panel. Oh, yeah. The whole thing, it's a good-looking jersey. I understand the tradition of the pinstripes and blah, 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 but change you, with the you, times. You don't understand that no, tradition No, I get of the it. I, I know why all the people, oh, it's the pinstripes, it's the Yankees. Man, you can wear a blue jersey. It's fine. No, no, no. I can't say no strongly enough. <laughs> You're the Yankees. You don't have to do this marketing nonsense that other teams do because you're the sorry sap that goes out and buys every hat and every <laughs> shirt they put on. Oh, that looks cool. Why do you think they do those alternates for entertainment or for a, a slick look? No, they do they, it for money. 
They do it because you're going to go out and buy that jersey. How many hats, I asked you earlier in the show, how many hats do you own? About 100. You're the reason. I'm unashamed of it. Terrible idea. (laughs) Can't do it. I agree. I've been a proponent of it for years, actually. I love alternate uniforms in general, except for those stupid sleeveless ones with the t-shirt underneath. Yeah, those need to go away Those are stupid. But other than that, I really like alternate uniforms, and I really like the navy jerseys, and especially, like Darren said, the white front panels on the hats. I know the pinstripe uniforms are their history, their tradition, and I love them, but I think there's nothing wrong with adding an occasional Sunday alternate. It's not like it has a beard on it or anything. You guys are so young and stupid. (laughs) You're listening to Beyond the Game, Rick Benson and the Moron Twins with you. We'll be back right after the break. Beyond the Game is brought to you by Town & Country Test Solutions. Hope and inspiration can be hard to find at times. For that reason, God has given us many promises in His Word in which we can cling to. Spencer Traver focuses on several of these promises in his book, 21 Promises Declaring Jesus as Lord. 21 Promises accounts real-life stories to help us recognize God's presence and identify His promises as we endure present times. With the help of Scripture, 21 Promises teaches young and old alike to understand with their minds and believe with their hearts in the unfailing promises of God. 21 Promises Declaring Jesus as Lord by Spencer Traver is available through Amazon and other booksellers or through the website traverbrothers.com. That's traverbrothers.com. Pick up a copy of 21 Promises and enjoy the unfolding of the promises of God as they're displayed in both Scripture and real-life events. 21 Promises Declaring Jesus as Lord by Spencer Traver. On sale now. Beyond the Game, talking sports from a different point of view. Barry Bonds never took steroids. It's a faith-based sports radio program. Don't ruin it by being an idiot. Highlighting the stories and the people of faith. Have a high moral standard. It's not a faith program that includes sports. It's a sports talk show rooted in faith-based principles. How silly can you get? You want to heckle blind people? That would make me soil my pants. Dude. Welcome back to the show, recording in the BTG studios in Rochester, New York. Here is your host, Rick Benson. Beyond the Game is brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions. As head injuries and football continue to be in the news, we talked earlier in the program about the ridiculous statements from Dallas Cowboys owner Jerry Jones and Arizona Cardinals head coach Bruce Arians. It seemed appropriate in this highlights program to Go back to an interview we did with Paul Waller. Paul is with the Christian Sports Medicine Alliance, and he talked about some of the issues involved in youth sports. I'm going to play some excerpts from that interview. This is my interview with Paul Waller, president and founder of CSMA. And joining us now on the BTG studio line is Paul Waller. Paul is the president and founder of CSMA. Paul, thanks so much for joining us. It's a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you very much, Rick. I appreciate it. You've been an athletic trainer for many years. You've also served on staff for a time with Fellowship of Christian Athletes. It seems that CSMA is sort of a combination of those things. Can you share with us a bit about your ministry and what it is you do? Yeah, I will. I have been a a licensed athletic trainer in the state of Texas for um, uh, about 20 years. I've worked my entire life in uh, in the profession in, in the high school setting here in Texas. And did take a two-year um, uh, absence from uh, an athletic training to be on staff with the Fellowship of Christian Athletes in East Texas. And, um, you know, SCA has uh, been, it's been basically the foundation of my life. I mean, I, I grew up with SCA. I think SCA is probably the, 
greatest, if not the greatest sports ministry um, in the world. I mean, they do such great work. And, uh, yeah, you'll be right. I mean, Fellowship of Christian Athletes and, and uh, CSMA, Christian Sports Medicine Alliance, kind of go hand-in-hand. Hand. Um, you know, FCA, their target market is, uh, and population is as rich coaches, and our target is to reach the athletic trainers and any other sports medicine professional or student that, um, in, in, in not only here in the U.S., but around the world. So, and we're one of a kind. Uh, there's not a, really not another ministry that um, actively engages um, on a daily basis the um, sports medicine community um, here in the U.S. Um, with the gospel. That's our intention, that's our mission, and our vision is to uh, make God known um, and, and share the hope that is found only in Jesus Christ with our fellow athletic trainers and other sports medicine professionals and students. I follow uh, Christian Sports Medicine Alliance on Facebook, and your posts are fantastically informative and interesting. Uh, in fact, not long ago, there was a post with a link to an article discussing 11 deaths this year of high school football players, uh, a few of those being related to heart-related issues. How common, Paul, are heart-related emergencies in amateur sports, and, and how can testing and early detection help? Well, it's funny to that. Not only am I the president of CSMA, but I'm also the um, secondary school testing um, consultant for um, a, a company called Wimbledon Health Partners. A lot of people don't realize this, but the number one killer of student-athletes in America is sudden cardiac arrest. There will be more student-athletes that will die because of sudden cardiac arrest than any other uh, injury or illness um, in America this coming year. So I believe I'm a very passionate about early detection. I'm very, very passionate about getting um, student-athletes uh, cardiac tested. It not only gives peace of mind to the parents, it helps the athletic trainer know who's at risk. It, it's saving lives, and and whether it's uh, you know doing the EKG or doing the EKG and multiple other tests, because we do three different tests, it's extremely important. And um, I believe that every athletic trainer, every student athlete in America should be have, have cardiac testing done somehow, some way. And I think it's just very vital. But there's stories upon stories every day. It seems like unfortunately that of students that are suffering, that have had um, heart related issues that ended up surviving because of the importance and because of the um, professionalism and the promptness of having an athletic trainer on their campus. And that athletic trainer being trained in CPR and having AED readily available. Um, if schools don't have AEDs, they, um, they need to get one. But most importantly, having an athletic trainer on the campus, whether it be the high school or the college campus, is so very important. Um, we believe in our profession that every athlete deserves an athletic trainer. Uh, more than anything else, um, because we are the the go-to person for in the frontline defense for any type of injuries or any type of tragedy that might happen uh, medically on a campus. We can handle those situations. We're talking with Paul Waller here on the Beyond the Game program. Paul is the president and founder of Christian Sports Medicine Alliance. You can find them on Facebook or follow them on Twitter at TweetCSMA. That's at TweetCSMA. A lot of attention, Paul, is being focused on the upcoming Will Smith movie, Concussion. While, of course, the NFL now has a concussion protocol in place, the effects of CTE are still being analyzed, and some are suggesting this movie will bring a lot of additional scrutiny to the NFL. But what about the amateur levels, especially among the youth? In your opinion, is there more that can be done to protect young players and better educate parents and coaches? 
Well, I don't know if there's I don't know if there's a whole lot more that can be done necessarily, but I do believe that better education of the parents, um, better education of the coaches, uh, teaching proper technique, uh, teaching you know how to how to make a tackle, how to make a proper tackle, um, are so very important. The brain at that age is so, is still in the develop, developmental stages, and it doesn't take much um, to sustain a a concussion. Uh, it doesn't take much when you get a concussion for that concussion to be severe. You know, that we'll go back to that article that you had read on our Facebook post that the, the rest of those students that had died, the majority of those were related to traumatic brain injury. Mm. That's, that's uncalled for. And again, it goes back to having a trained professional, trained medical professional that can, uh, that knows the signs and symptoms, knows what to be looking for, knows the proper tests to be done. In order to ensure the, um, the student athlete is not going back into to practice or going back into a game uh, too soon. Again, having an athletic trainer there to uh, reinforce um, the law, reinforce the protocol, reinforce the um, types of tests that we know are that we can um, not necessarily diagnose, but we can evaluate and assess a, um, and a concussion easier. Uh, again, it's so very important. I mean, it's extremely important. Yeah, I've always appreciated that it was important, but since I've been following Christian Sports Medicine Alliance on Facebook and reading some of the articles that have been posted, it's reinforced just how important it is, not only to have quality medical attention, but available medical attention. Well, yeah, I mean, this is the challenge, I would think, for our profession is it's education, and it's education not only for us as professionals, but also in education of the community. Um, letting them know, especially at the youth level, um, you know, you have your pop warner, you have your little league baseball, you have your sports levels that are, say, below the middle school level. I mean, even at the middle school level, educating those parents, ed- educating those administrators, educating those um, coaches on what we can do, you know, and getting them more comfortable with um, using an athletic trainer and referring them to the athletic trainer at the high school level. Because by the time they get to us, if they already have a working knowledge and an understanding of the skills and the um, the job description of an athletic trainer that it makes us it makes it a whole lot easier and it's a trust factor it's a relationship. Once again, we're talking with Paul Waller of Christian Sports Medicine Alliance. What do you think would be the biggest need that your ministry currently faces? Um, I think with any nonprofit, I uh, get funding because our mission is so um, is so unique. Um, and again, with us, it goes back to education of we're not only educating people online, but we're also educating the community on who we're trying to reach. Um, a lot of people don't realize this, but um, the athletic training community, the sports medicine community at large, um, is an unreached people group. To me, unreached is someone that doesn't have um, the gospel presented to them face-to-face. That could be your next-door neighbor. They're not reached. They're unreached. I believe that my profession, we're, we're unreached, and we want to reach our profession with the gospel. So funding is obviously our biggest need um, right now, um, reaching our, our funding goals so we can put full-time staff in, in place so we can go to those campuses and go to those, those high schools and those middle schools and those college campuses and work with those athletic trainers and, and encourage them and serve them and pray for them and pray with them. So again, funding is our huge, is our biggest goal. Now, I assume they can, folks can go to your website and make a donation. Do you want to give that website? Absolutely. 
Yep, it'll be www.christiansportsmed.org. Christiansportsmed.org. Thanks so much for joining us. I'd like to do this again sometime. Absolutely, anytime. You let me know and I'll be there. Thanks again for joining us. Thank you, Rick. I appreciate it. That's Paul Waller of the Christian Sports Medicine Alliance at TweetCSMA on Twitter or check them out online, christiansportsmed.org. You can also find them on Facebook. Very informative, very interesting posts. That was an interview we did back in December right before Christmas. In fact, it's excerpts from the interview. We edited that for time constraints. But if you're interested in hearing that whole interview, you can go to our website, btgprogram.com. And you can find that interview broken out from the show. It was done on December 19th. Now the moment we've all been waiting for. Tom Brady wears Uggs. I have no knowledge of anything. I have no explanation for what happened. The highlight of the show. I'm not going to let our fans down. The reason people tune in week after week. Said no one ever. Darren's Unreasonable Rant. Can someone please tell me what the NCAA is up to? It's time to revolt against this tyrannical regime and start over. It's just a bunch of old, rich dudes whose prime years have been gone for decades. It can't be that hard to overthrow them. Let's do this. They started the week by not allowing Lee McCoy, an amateur golfer who's currently enrolled at the University of Georgia, to collect any money from his fourth-place finish at the Valespar Championship. He would have left with nearly three hundred grand, but instead he leaves with some gas money and the three hundred and fifty bucks he came to the tournament with. The NCAA is okay cashing in on college kids' athletic talent, but not okay allowing these kids to cash in themselves. And don't give me the whole, well, they're getting a free college degree garbage. I have a bachelor's degree. It's not worth the paper it's printed on. Then later in the week, these pompous crooks decided that Syracuse would be a 10 seed in the tourney, while Monmouth and Bonaventure would be snubbed. I'm a Cuse fan, and this bothers me. It's like they didn't watch any games this year and just decided based on the name of the school as opposed to what they did on the actual court. So I say it again. It's time to overthrow the NCAA. They've gone the way of many old things and people. They've lost touch with reality and they're no longer useful to society. It's time we take away their metaphorical driver's license and put them in a home. It's for their own good. Title sponsor of Beyond the Game program is Town & Country Pest Solutions, townandcountrysolutions.com, fearing nothing but God. My pest of the week is John Manson of the Anaheim Ducks. During a game last week with the Toronto Maple Leafs, Manson was hit into the boards And then he responded with the classic throat slash gesture. Look, man, there is nothing funny about that. And you can say I'm overreacting, but that's a threat. And it's inappropriate. And it's an extremely poor taste. And if you think I'm overreacting, the NHL considers it in such poor taste that Manson was ejected from the game after receiving a 10-minute game misconduct. And then the league also hit him with a fine of almost $2,500. But beyond that, He's my pest because he can't control himself not to make an ugly, childish gesture. The Maple Leafs had blown a four-goal lead to the Ducks. Manson's team had climbed back into the game, even tying it before losing in overtime. And you get yourself thrown out of a game that you fought so hard to come back in? John Manson and the Anaheim Ducks is my pest of the week. I want to thank you for listening to Beyond the Game and putting up with my unnatural voice that this cold I've been battling for a few days has left me with. Beyond the Game has been brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions. Townandcountrysolutions.com or give them a call 585-426-5024. Tell them Benson sent you. Thanks for joining us. For Zach, for Darren, I'm Rick Benson. Lord willing, we'll be right here next week at this very same time. <laughs>